Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're in a good place now. You are listening to Perspectives with Ashley Burgess. Welcome back live to Live Your True Life Perspectives. And I'm your host, Ashley Burgess. On today's show, I'm discussing how to stop trying and how to start doing. Oftentimes in my office from clients, I'll hear the concept of trying. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to make my marriage better. I'm trying to get to the gym. I'm trying to change my mindset. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. And you know what? I get it. I've been there before. But to me, all it is is trying on my nerves. Because what I found in the past is that when I would say I was trying something, I was already starting from a certain point of a deficit. Like I already started feeling like I was on the other side of the eight ball because the way that the word try sounds is like, I'm going to try it even though it's not going to work. I mean, you kind of feel like you're doomed. I mean, the word try in itself sounds doomed already. And it's interesting how people will tell me they're going to try something. I'm going to try it. And I found that to me, when we talk about trying something, there's not a real dedication. There's not a real commitment. And I think that one of the biggest things that I find with the word try or trying is the hesitation in the word itself. You know, I find that our thoughts become things and our thoughts become words and our words become things in our life. And we don't realize the intense value of what we say And what we think, we take that out of our consideration. We feel like we can say and think anything and that, you know, circumstances are all going to be amazing. When in reality, the things that we're thinking in our mind become our outward reality because it's way and how we see the world, right? It's how we interpret things. It's like when people talk about rose colored glasses and I've talked about poop colored glasses, we can have one or the other. We can have something in the middle. Okay, and so it's about those thoughts that rest in our mind. And if we already feel like we can't do something, if we already feel like we're behind the eight ball, i.e. I'm trying, I feel that we're not really giving ourselves the power we need to power through things because I think we really do need to be dedicated to our own success. You know, when I think about trying, you know, what does it mean to me to try something? And you can go online and you can Google what's trying, what is to try. And that's obviously it's to make an attempt at something, right? To make an attempt. And to me, making an attempt just seems so challenging. It's almost like I I had this image of me on the top of a mountainside trying to battle a snarling, fire-breathing dragon. And I have like this small pocket knife that the only people that would be upset with it would be TSA when I'm taking a trip somewhere. It doesn't seem like it's palatable. It doesn't seem like it's approachable. It seems so out of the chance and realm of achievement, right? And that's how I see try. And I think that a lot of times we don't realize that try directly relates to the hesitancy 
of doing something. It's almost like we throw that out there when we really don't want to do something. Like, I'm going to try it. You know, I don't know, man. I'll, I'll try it out. I really don't have a good feeling about it, though. You know, I mean, when was the last time that you called someone up and you were having a graduation party for your kiddo or or a, a big-time birthday or a renewal of vows and you called up your best friend and you said, hey, I'm so glad. I can't wait to see you tomorrow. Um, you're coming, right? And they're like, you know... I'm going to try to make it. I'm going to try to be there. How good of a feeling do you get from the I'm going to try to be there statement? Does it make you really feel warm and fuzzy? Do you really think that you're going to see them there? Okay. And because I think it's interesting how we kind of sum that up. And, and to me, you know, nowadays in the invitation world, we have that yes, no, and maybe, right? The yes, no, and maybe. And the maybe to me should probably be changed to try. I'm going to try to make it. That's that's what it sounds like to me. I'm going to try. You know, if everything else in my life falls apart, then maybe. Maybe I'll be there, you know. But don't hold your breath on it, okay. And so I think it's interesting how it's not about parties. It's not about graduations. It's not about being at a renewal of vows. That stuff's great and that's awesome. It's, it's par for the course. But it's the stuff that we put in our life about trying that actually matter in our life. It's like, I'm going to try to quit smoking. Okay, that's a big one. I'm going to try to quit drinking. I'm going to try to get a better job. I'm going to try to start working out. I'm going to try to be nicer to my family. I'm going to try to work out things with my spouse. Okay, I'm going to try to listen. All these things, very important things. But the last that I've seen is that anybody that's told me that they're going to try to stop smoking, I haven't really seen it happen. Okay. Because we have to kind of go all in or nothing. Because there are certain things out there you don't need to really be trying. I mean, there's certain things out there. Why even have that on your plate? Why even add that on the plate? Why even say that you're going to try it? Just let it go. I mean, we got to get real with what we want to actually do in our life. You know, it's interesting when you when you hear people say these comments, you know, I tr- I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. I mean, you know, come on, I'm trying my best. And then you have the other person saying, I, I, I do my, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. I feel better when I hear I'm doing my best. Because it's actually an action. Because I feel like trying is kind of sitting on the sidelines, kind of thinking, eh, pontificating, maybe, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll consider that. And I think that there's an ultimate factor of failure involved with the inherent meaning and even more than meaning, the inherent vibrational feeling of what trying feels like to me. You know, I've actually, I quit smoking and I've talked about this before on the show. I've quit smoking about, what, seven years ago. And I remember I had thought about it oftentimes and I had quit initially for four years and I quit initially for four years, and it was great. Um, but I was kind of like, um, I, I, I had not really quit because I had a problem being around people that smoked. Okay, so I, it's it's almost like you know when people talk about someone that hasn't really gotten off of alcohol, um, they consider them like you know a, a dry drunk. We've heard that terminology before, um, where the person really can't be around it at all because they haven't really given it up. Okay, 
And the first time I quit smoking, I was a mean anti-smoker. You know, I was that kind of person that I walked in the restaurant and I would berate the server for putting me anywhere near any type of smoke. I couldn't be around my friends smoking. I actually got angry with people, you know. And that doesn't get you anywhere. Anytime you get angry with people about something you no longer did that you did for a long time, doesn't really help matters, okay? Doesn't get you a lot of respect, I'll tell you that. And so I started smoking again, and then I've quit. And I've quit for about seven, eight years now. And it might be even longer than that. And I remember... I remember when I started thinking about really quitting. I mean, like, really seriously. And, and I thought about it, and I thought about it. And I woke up one morning, and I told myself, I said, you know, last night was the last cigarette I'm going to have, at least for right now. And I am quitting. I am quit. I have quit. And I, I remember at first I thought about I was going to try to quit. And, and I remember having that conversation, the proverbial, well, I'm going to try, you know. Uh, maybe I'll Maybe I'll try the vape or something like that, you know. Well... No, I said, you know what? I'm quitting. I've quit. And I went day by day with it. And it was challenging because, you know, any of you out there that are currently smoking or have quit smoking, you know how smoking becomes part of your life. Okay, like you you have like a, uh, you're working at work and you're stressed out or, or you need to take a break and you go outside and you have a cigarette and all of a sudden it seems like everything comes into focus, right? All these great ideas start showing up and it's like the great ideas and, and you start getting kind of addicted not only to the nicotine but to the fact that I just had this amazing, brilliant idea. And what am I doing? I'm smoking a cigarette. This is perfect. And so you begin to put smoking with other things like having fun with your friends or going to the bar or chilling or having these great ideas or being outside in nature. Interesting, interesting dichotomy there. But anyway, you begin to put this with other stuff and so it becomes harder and harder to quit. But when you finally do decide to quit, and I mean really quit, not try, you have to focus at a moment-to-moment basis. And that's like anything in life. Anything that you need to quit that's become a, a, a toxic a cycle that's become something that's no longer good for you, that's something that's taken away from your quality of life, okay? Smoking is not good for us, okay? We can say that. There might have been fun when we smoked. We might have met some cool people, but at the same point, it took away from our quality of life. And so we have to maintain that. And when we quit, we have to be direct about it, but we have to be consistent. And that's one of the things that I find very interesting is there's a big difference and a huge correlation as well between trying and failure versus doing and having a full commitment. And I think that that's very interesting. We're going to be talking about that more later on in the hour. Also, we're going to talk about attitude and commitment as well. And, and, and also the passive attitude that I find trying to be. Don't miss later on in the hour, Copper Dallas and Dr. Ed LaCara will be joining us from Body Lounge Park Cities. Uh, as well as don't miss Reggie Harvey. Reggie Harvey will be giving his perspective on trying versus doing and how he's dealt with it in his own day-to-day life as he's dealing with waiting for a transplant and walking through a type of life in a situation that many of us haven't dealt with. But I find it very interesting and eye-opening to understand where he's coming from to really understand the impact of that. Stay tuned, because Live Your True Life Perspectives with me, your host, Ashley Burgess, will be back in. Well, you know, I'll be back this time in two shakes. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Turn it up and jump in the deep end on perspectives. Now, here's Ashley. Welcome back live to Live Your True Life Perspectives, and I'm your host, Ashley Burgess. On today's show, I'm talking about how to start doing and how to stop trying. You know, I find that more often than not, we're talking about trying something. I'll try it. I'm going to try it, or I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to quit smoking. I'm trying to be a better wife. I'm trying to be a better husband. I'm trying to be a better parent. I'm trying to be a better listener. I'm trying to go to the gym. What I've found, though, when I hear that in my own life from my own self, and when I find that I hear that with clients in my office, the trying doesn't seem to be appropriate. It feels as though it's a statement with nothing to back it up. It feels as though it's a statement, and in the situation when I'm working with a client, it's a statement to get me off their back. I'm going to try this, okay? I'm dangling that carrot out there. I'm telling you I'm going to try something. I might not want to, but I'm still going to try it. You see how that goes? And I feel like in my past, when I've said the word try, when I said I'm going to try this, it was almost like you're going to try that food that you never wanted to have, you know, that you had to try that one time. It just feels reluctant. It's a it's a bit of reluctance and kind of haphazard. And at the same time, it's kind of based in a failure factor where it's like, like I was saying earlier in the last segment, you know, when I was talking about the dragon. Okay. So there I am. I'm battling this dragon. That's it's a mean dragon, not a nice dragon. It's a mean dragon, and it's you know it's got the it's got the fire coming out, and I and I got this little like pocket knife, you know, that TSA would have the problem with, but everybody else would think it was like a fingernail file or something. And I'm trying to fight this dragon, and that's what trying seems to me. It's like we don't even show up with the proper materials to deal with what we need to have. We don't even get our mindset because we don't really think we're going to continue on this path. We're not really going to continue. It's like I don't ever feel like trying is ever going to come into any sort of action, okay? It's like in my past when I say I'm going to try something, I know that I'm really not going to do it. I know that somewhere deep in my subconscious, I have no plans whatsoever of doing this because I wouldn't have used this word. You know, earlier when I was talking about quitting smoking, when I quit smoking years and years ago, I quit and I quit directly. I remember telling myself, I'm done. I quit smoking. And the first time I quit many years before, I had quit, but I really hadn't let go of it. Okay, and and what I mean by that is I couldn't be around anybody smoking. I had an issue with people smoking around me. I couldn't be around it. And it was interesting when I did quit that second time, I could be around people smoking within like the first few days of quitting because I was over it. But I had to work at it daily. Okay, it wasn't it just didn't come to me instantaneously. But when people ask me, oh, have you quit? I didn't say I'm trying to quit. I said, yes, I have quit and I'm doing it day by day. And the same thing applies for something that you're not having to quit, something that you're trying to implement, right? So if you are trying to be a better listener, I am being a better listener is so much more powerful than trying ever was. I mean, can you feel the difference when I say trying versus doing? Trying versus doing. 
doesn't it already seem that one is already winning and one's really not? And I know that that sounds interesting, but I really want you to go with that because the way that we think directly reflects on how we act and how we see the world. So a good example is if we see that other people or we feel, let me let me rephrase that. If we feel that other people are against us, okay, if we feel that people are out to get us, we're going to see life in a totally different way than someone that feels that life is good and that good things happen when you do the right thing. Okay, so remember, the thoughts that we have in our head directly correlate to the way that we see the world. So if we see the world as a very fearful, scary place, we're going to see the people in the world up to something. We're going to be scared. We're not going to want to go out in public a lot. We're going to be fearful of the areas of town that we spend time in. Okay. Now, if we see the world as a beautiful place and as a safe place, we're going to see things much different because how we're going to see and interpret things are going to be based on this positive thought process. And I've done this activity before, and I talk about it in the 10-day challenge to live your true life. I talk about the concept of when I sat in front of news for, I sat in front of the news for about, what is it, 48 hours a time. And I remember it was it was it was during a, a huge situation that had taken place and in, in our country. And I remember the amount of news that I intook and I remember how um, desperate I felt and how small I felt and how I felt like we couldn't conquer anything and that we as individuals were so tiny people that we we had no ability. And we, we couldn't fight anything. And I, fe- I felt really, really small. And I felt that the world was a really bad place. And I remember going out to the grocery store and just seeing people and I was like seething because I was like, they're up to something. And then I remember I I realized I I saw what I did and I wrote up my entire experience for that 48, maybe 72 hour experience. And then I flip flopped that. I did a lot of meditation and I really worked at really uh, working, not, not just the positive stuff, not just flip flopping it, but really to work to acknowledge the reality of the situation by participating in the positive thought process of what could be and, and what really was. And so I turned off the news and I got into meditation and I started reading some really powerful books and I started working on that negative self-talk. And as I was working on that to let that go, and I talk about how to do that in my book, and that's what I work with clients to do, is that all of a sudden... I began to see the world in a much different place. I get, I'd be able to see people and I saw families happy and I saw dogs and I saw kids smiling because I was focusing on a different thing. I wasn't focusing on the derogatory, negative, fear-based concepts of society. I was focusing on quite the opposite. Joining me live in studio today, Dr. Ed LaCara. Dr. Ed is a non-surgical sports medicine specialist and the co-owner of Body Lounge Park Cities. Dr. Ed, great to have you in studio today. Thanks so much, Ashley. It's a pleasure to be here as always. I always love talking with you because you always have an amazing perspective. And, you know, is there anything that we need to be aware of? Because I know that a lot of things change when we're coming from the springtime, we're going into the summertime. Do you see injuries sometimes with regards to this? And what's your perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Right now, the uh, a common condition that's coming in is uh, foot or calf pain. And the primary reason is we're now that we have good weather, people are starting to wear more sandals and flip flops, and really what they're what what's happening is they're going from a high heel and going into these very very flat heels that put a lot of stress on their Achilles tendon and puts a lot of stress on their plantar fascia, 
And so they're coming in with plantar fasciitis and Achilles tendonitis and, and calf strain. And it's really easy to prevent. Um, one of the ways that you can prevent these types of conditions is to not just jump into wearing flip-flops for 10 hours in a day. You know, like slowly transition, you know, maybe an hour or two every day just being barefoot walking around the house, going to a, a, a footwear that does not have um, a zero heel drop. Those things, although are very fad-oriented right now, you know, we're seeing lots of marketing around zero heel drop or minimal heel drop. If you jump from a high heel every day in your work shoes to a zero heel drop to go work out and then go do a bunch of double unders or jumping jumping jacks or box jumps, you're probably going to have a bit of a problem. So transition into um, into a little higher shoe. And if you're not sure, sure what kind of shoe to wear, um, find somebody that you know can give you some good advice on what is the next workout shoe or type of shoe wear to use for your activities. I guess if you really don't pay attention to that, you can actually cause yourself an injury. Yeah, absolutely. I, I see it all the time. And really, this is kind of new thought process for me just in the last like year or so where people were coming in with these calf strains, Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, and they were wondering why is their calf always tight? And then it just dawned on me one day looking at somebody's shoes that, well, you wear this dress shoe all day long that has maybe a two-inch heel elevation. And then because the new shoes, workout shoes, it's very um, fat-oriented to be in a zero heel drop. Now you go try to run two or three miles in a zero heel drop, and it puts a lot of stress on the back of your calf, and that can definitely cause an injury. You know, I haven't really ever thought about that. Well, I didn't either until about a year ago. It just hit me in the head, and, you know... That's why I guess they call it a practice where, you know, it's like 20 years of experience and, you, and these things kind of dawn on you and you just try to look for these different solutions for people. I think that's awesome because I've been there before where you, you've been working, you're at a conference, you're in the heels, you're there for 10 hours and then you go sightseeing or walking around and you put on those tennis shoes and you're like, man, I'm in so much pain. These shoes are horrible. I mean, what, what happened? And you think it's the shoe. But it's really not the shoe at all. Right. It's just a it's a rapid transition from one position of the muscles to a different position of the muscles. And um, just having a little bit of an awareness um, can definitely help. That's that's some very practical medicine. I love that, Dr. Ed. For all our listeners that are listening right now, where can they find more information about you and your practice? Uh, go to bodyloungeparkcities.com, and it has a whole array of different types of services and offerings that we have. Awesome. Well, I look forward to having you back in studio next week. Thank you so much. I look forward to being here. So when I return, I'm going to be talking more about how thoughts become things and how we have to let go of trying and to begin to actually start doing. Stay tuned because Live Your True Life Perspectives with your host, me, Ashley Burgess, will be back in. I'll be back this time in two shakes. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
This is Jake Busey, and you're listening to Perspectives with Ashley Burgess. Welcome back live to Live Your True Life Perspectives, and I'm your host, Ashley Burgess. In today's show, we've been talking about how to stop trying and how to start doing. You know, I find it very interesting when I'm working with clients who tell me that they're trying something, or I'm trying to do this, or I want to do that, or I'm trying this, I'm trying that, but what is really happening? I mean, to me, trying is not action. It's not an action word. And it's all within our wording, right? The way we word things is so important. And the wording is actually really powerful. And sometimes we don't realize the power in what we're saying and how we say it, right? Another thing is the belief in what we want to create in our life. And the belief to what we believe we can create in our life directly relates to that. And I find that when we have the wording right and we have the dedication to the belief, that leads us to the ultimate action. And action is where we make changes. Action is when you get the rubber to the road and actually start creating something in your life. Years ago, I had told you before that I had said that word trying. I had said I was trying to do things. And when I look back at those times, I realized that I didn't feel like I could do something. I wasn't really putting thought into action. And also, I feel like I had a direction or I wanted to do something, but a lot of times when I said I was trying, I didn't really have the tools and the techniques needed to get to that level of ending trying and begin doing. Joining me live in studio today, Reggie Harvey. Reggie Harvey is the author of the newest book, Anatomy of a Patient. He's a survivor of a near-death illness, and he's a good friend of mine. Reggie, how are you doing today? Hey, Ashley, I'm great. You know, I think that you would have a great perspective on this, on the concept of trying, because I think we hear that more often than not, that somebody's trying to do something, or I'm trying, but it doesn't seem to ever have action. What do you think about that, Reggie? Well, I agree with you, Ashley, and um, when I was first diagnosed with this renal failure issue uh, and trying to come to grips with it um, on that Christmas Eve, how I wanted to move forward, I immediately decided that I did want to live. Uh, that was a that was a key a, a key thought milestone, I'll say. And then um, the arduous task of interacting with various specialists uh, so they could figure out what to do, what treatments to try, and and what was probably going to be the best thing for me. That took about three months. I can't imagine if you can imagine not knowing whether anything anybody was going to do was going to actually contribute to saving my life. Uh, it was a very scary time, but as I started to build these relationships with these specialists, particularly my infectious disease doctor, a lovely woman who'd been practicing for about 25 years, and um, <clears throat> she came up with a cocktail that uh, my system could tolerate because of my, my reduced liver function, and there weren't very many things that, that she could try, but she was hoping it would be effective. So we started the treatment about a month after I had originally received the diagnosis. And she had me to come see her in three weeks. Well, in three weeks, my viral infections had practically gone undetectable. And this was something she said never happens in, in all the years of her practice. She said it should take at least six months to a year for these kinds of results. So the next question, she said, well, are you taking your, your, your pills? Well, that was the dumbest question I thought anybody could ask me. And I actually said that. I said, well, that doesn't make any sense. 
you said these pills were going to save my life. Keep me going. Why would I not take them? And she sort of laughed and she said, well, three quarters of the patients do not take the medication or they do not take it consistently. And I'm like, get out of here. You've got to be joking. And she said, no. And she says, and then we, we end up in this seesaw situation where we have to increase the strength of the medication. We have to get them back on a regimen. Their condition, they may not respond the same way because the condition is worse than it was when we started. If they had kept it up in the beginning, we wouldn't be at this plateau. And, she said, and then we go through some of these people, several cycles of this. And then you can't use that medication at all because the body has built up a resistance to it. And then we have to start all over again. And then they're pissed off because I'm not doing anything to save their life. And I thought, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. And in that conversation with her over those first few weeks, I realized I didn't want to just survive. That wasn't going to be good enough. I needed to get better. I didn't know what getting better meant, but I knew if I just set a goal to survive, I would be dead. That just wasn't going to fly. And, and I'll, I'm, I'm making an analogy of this discovery to your topic about trying. I had to move beyond trying. Trying wasn't going to cut it. And not so much for my behavior. <clears throat> and as I discuss in my book in chapter eight, Discovery Begins, I had to figure out how to inspire the people who were assigned to treat my various uh, illnesses to go beyond the norm. I had to have them in a state of mind where they wanted to try things that they normally wouldn't suggest to someone because I don't know enough <clears throat> to even know what to ask. So I figured every project I'd ever had in my entire life was leading up to this one and I better not screw this one up because the alternative was to be on the dark side of the, of the lawn and uh, I just wasn't ready for that. And my, my hypothesis proved to be true as people started to realize that I would actually do things consistently, and that, that's the other part of this trying uh, dilemma people seem to get it trapped into. Your behavior has to be consistent if you want people to get on your bandwagon and march in your parade and cheer for you and, and, and rally for you. If you're all over the board and they can't depend on whether or not you were going to do what you said you were going to do or get it done when you said you were going to do it, and they've set aside time in their life to be available to you, and then when they get to you, you're not ready, that's not going to fly. Very quickly, you'll see people falling away. Uh, it's kind of like the old story of the, of the boy who cried wolf. So <clears throat> consistency and dedication uh, and being um, actively engaged Okay, what else can we do? What, not being afraid to ask questions, not being afraid to tell the truth, not being afraid to say, well, I don't know what happened. I did this, and then um, I, I don't know, what, what do you need to know? What, what, what can I tell you so that you can understand what I witnessed or what I didn't? You, you can't be afraid of, oh, well, I'm not a medical professional, so I don't know how to do that, or I don't know how to give this shot, or I don't know how to do it. It doesn't matter. So you didn't know. You're going to learn. And people, if you're willing to, to perform, if you're willing to learn, 
if you're willing to read, if you're willing to understand, if you're willing to grow, then they will teach you. They will coach you through it. They will um, share the results and, and, and be joyous when things work out for you and then move on. And then they start telling other people who are part of your therapy or, or who are supposed to be helping you. They will say, oh, this is our favorite patient. He always does what he's supposed to do. He all you can depend on him to do this. You can do and so the handoffs get to be less arduous, and people are excited because this is you're an anomaly, because instead of being the whiner or uh, laying back and wanting people to to come and rescue you, you become their hero, and they're going to talk about it to their medical professionals and their colleagues and say, you know, and we've gotten these these results and we never get these results with our patients, and they get excited about their jobs again, and it's 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 infectious. So I, I totally agree with you. This notion of trying things, no, you just got to be committed all the way in, jump in the deep end of the pool and start flapping and flopping. Somebody will throw you a lifeguard. I love that. I love that. Reggie, awesome perspective. Totally agree with you. So where can folks <clears throat> find out more about you and be able to find a copy of your most recent book? Well, I have a new website called reggieharvey.net. That's R-E-G-G-I-E-H-A-R-V-E-Y.net. And on that website, you can find out a little bit more about me, about my um, journey with my uh, renal failure uh, survival. You can also find out uh, more about the book. And there are links on that page to Amazon.com where you can acquire the book. Um, There's also a new blog section that I'm working on um, with some of your staff, Ashley, to uh, put up segments of our previous conversations so people can listen to that. And um, then I also have a Facebook page uh, called Anatomy of a Patient, which is the title of the memoir. Uh, So you can go there and get information as well. Awesome, Reggie. Well, I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you, Ashley. When I return later in the hour, I'm going to be talking about how we can literally overcome trying, how to begin doing, and some of the things that we can do, some of the key steps to really creating some success in our day-to-day life and how to do that appropriately. Because sometimes we try to take on more than we can deal with. We try to do more things at one time, and it just doesn't stick. And so success is key and solution is key, and that's what you get here on Live Your True Life Perspectives. If you haven't already, go check out the YouTube channel. Go to YouTube and put in Ashley Burgess, B-E-R-G-E-S, B-E-R-G-E-S, new content every week on relationships, family, And the list goes on. Stay tuned because Live Your True Life Perspectives will be back this time. I'll be back this time in two shakes. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You could be my luck. Get in here. You're listening to Perspectives with Ashley Burgess. Welcome back live to Live Your True Life Perspectives. And I'm your host, Ashley Burgess. On today's show, we want to stop trying and we want to start doing So how do we begin to actually create that reality where we get out of this trying, we get out of this 
process of failure and and kind of that attitude of, well, I'm going to try it out. And we actually get into that commitment and we get into that success and we go into that part of our life, getting out of the passive and being proactive. Okay, well, the first thing you want to do is you want to pick something that you actually want to achieve, you want to do, you want to create, and you want to choose something. So we got to choose something, right? And what I suggest is to choose wisely, okay? Really think about this kind of stuff. We don't just go willy-nilly just trying all these different things at one time. We want this to stick, right? I think it's interesting when clients come in and they'll say, well, I want to quit smoking, I want to quit drinking, I want to get out of this toxic relationship, and I need to do this, this, and that. It's like, wow, okay, we're going to take one thing at a time because otherwise all the other stuff that we try is all going to fall apart, okay? So we got to choose one thing at this point that we want to achieve, okay? Maybe it's going back to school, okay? Maybe it's really working on your marriage. Maybe it's finding a better job and really working hard to find that job. Perhaps it's like me, you, you want to quit smoking, okay? Whatever that looks like. So I want you to focus on what that is right now. I want you to really think about it. And I want you to think about it. And I want you to feel. And I want you to think about how bad you really want to do this. Okay? How bad do you really want it? Because what I found in life is that when you want something really bad. I mean, you really, really want it. You can make it happen. So you got to really have that passion and want that drive to do it. So the next thing. Okay, so we got the idea. We got the concept. We know exactly what we want to do. Okay, bam, we got it. The second thing you want to do is you got to check yourself, okay? And what I mean by that is we got to get right with that negative self-talk. What's going on in your head? Is the negative self-talk saying you can't do it? Is the negative self-talk saying that this will never happen? You'll never be successful? Why are you trying to do this? Why are you trying to create that? Why in God's heaven would you ever try to do that? Okay, so we need to get right with that because if you got this negative self-talk going, which most of us do, then accomplishing this goal, this desire, is unfortunately not going to happen. Okay? And that's one of the biggest things that most people do is they jump from choosing something to trying to jump into it, and they don't take care of things, they don't safeguard, they don't even see the situation in front of them. So I want you to acknowledge that. And I want you to begin to write down some of that self-talk that's coming out because we need to really attack that directly because you need to see what's being said in your own mind. And most of us have the radio on so loud. We have the TV so loud in the room. We got all these thoughts from the past, present, future in our mind that we aren't even paying attention to that negative self-talk. And some of us have had that negative self-talk so long, we don't even realize it's going on. It's like the negative broken record at the restaurant that's on just faint enough that you can kind of make out some of the words, but you can't hear the whole song. So we got to deal with that. And then the next thing, once you get through that, and that's a process, right? You got to really ask yourself again, do you really want this? Do I really want to achieve this? Do I really want to do this? Do I really want to get this in my life? Do I really want to find success in my life with this? Do I want to quit this? What, you know, whatever that is. And if you say no at this time, you say, you know what? I, I don't. That's not something I really, I really don't really want to do that. And that's fine. But now I want you to ask yourself, why was that such a big deal? Who wants you to do that? Okay, because a lot of times in life, we have people in our ear that are telling us that they want us to do this or they're saying they want to do that. Perhaps 
perhaps your husband or your wife wants you to quit smoking, or your husband or your wife wants you to go to an anger management class. Perhaps your mom or your dad wants you to do something. Perhaps it's somebody, a friend or a boss, and that's not what you want to be signing up for. And maybe it's something you definitely need to do, but it's something that you really don't want to do. I mean, that's the thing that I've really realized in life is that we have to want to do something. We can't look toward other people to push us to do something. And I'll give you a good example. You know, when we think about rehab facilities and you think about folks going to rehab to quit doing drugs or alcohol, there's only a certain percentage of success. And it's not high in comparative to what you would want it to be. And the reason why it's not, I don't want to go into specifications of percentages right this moment. We can do that on another show because I know what it is. For some of you, I don't want to scare you by telling you this. But it's very low. And the reason why it's so low is because a lot of people, the majority of people that come into rehab do not want to quit. They didn't want to quit. It was because mom or dad said they needed to quit. It was because wife or husband or the kids, everybody, you know, started saying they had to quit. There was an intervention of family and friends that said they had to quit. Their their work caught them in a drug test and said they had to go to rehab. Do you see what I'm saying? But they did not want to quit on their own. And I think that's the direction of what I'm talking about when I'm saying trying. It's like you're doing something because you really don't want to do it, but you're doing it because everybody else wants you to do it. You know, it's like... It's like you really haven't gotten over smoking yet, but you know that smoking's really not that cool anymore, and so you're like, well, I'm going to try to quit. But it's like when you finally do get over smoking, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to quit because I really want to quit for me, not because of societal issues or not because I get looked at funny by my coworkers, but because I want to quit. But I want you to analyze, if it's not for you, then who is it? Because if it's for somebody else, it's not going to work. Then you have to have a commitment to action. Okay, you have to have that solid commitment to action and you have to be committed to that on a day by day basis. So, again, using that smoking example, if you're going to quit smoking, it's a day by day. It's not it's not even day by day with smoking. It's hour by hour. Okay, it's hour by hour. And you have the equipment that you need, whether that's nicotine gum to help you, whether that's, you know, whatever that is, whether it's the patch, whatever that looks like. Maybe it's the Nicotrol um, prescription inhaler that you need. You have that with you so that you don't backtrack, okay? You actually have brought with you the tools needed. You're not just trying. You've actually showed up equipped with what you need, and now you're doing, okay? Another thing that I want you to continue doing while you're doing this is continuing to catch that negative self-talk because you will be your own judge, jury, and executioner, and you will get in your own way if you don't watch out. Okay, we're, we're the only ones that can hurt ourselves the most. Okay, we know every button that we can push for ourselves. We know how to mess ourselves up. Okay, so I need you to be aware of that negative self-talk. And I need you to begin to also accept if something goes backwards and something happens, start back up. Don't get depressed. Don't get down on yourself. Watch that negative self-talk. Watch the language you're using. Like this isn't going to happen to me. I'm never going to be successful. All that kind of stuff. Watch that or I'm trying language and begin to let that go. And I think that's one of the biggest things is just for success. And another thing about success is you need to watch and be aware of the people that you're hanging out with. Are they doers or are they trying? How many doers do you have around you? How many talkers do you have around you? They talk all the time, but they don't follow through. 
Think about that. That's really important because we really are a product of the folks we hang out with, just like being a product of our environment. So success is our number one option here. We want to be surrounded by people who are also successful in their word and deed. I hope the show has helped you. Please share it with your friends and family and live your true life perspectives with me, your host, Ashley Burgess. Well, I'll be back this time. I'll be back this time in three shakes. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.